Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. And I'm Matthew. And joining us this week is podcast fan Sherry. Say hello. Hello. This week we're covering two more of our scary movies. I'm going to talk about Carrie later in the show, but Matt's going to get us started with a discussion about Alien. All right. So, um... Both of the movies this week were picked by our fan, Sherry, who October is one of her favorite months, also because it's her birthday month, so everyone tell her happy birthday. (laughs) And Alien is not just a movie that Sherry really likes, I really like, but this is also a movie that is brand new to Nancy, just like Halloween. Yep. So, um... Quick little fun story. Um, Alien came out in 1979, and it is the 40th anniversary. To commemorate the 40th anniversary and to give Nancy an opportunity to see it, we did our rewatch in the theater for a special viewing of Alien. And for me, this was the first time I'd ever watched it in the theater, Sherry. Me too. And Nancy had never seen it before. Yeah. Um, Really quickly... You know, let's just talk about the experience of seeing it in the theater versus watching it at home. Now, Nancy, you never watched it at home. Mm -hmm. But, like, for me, it was really fun to kind of, like, every time I had watched it, I watched it on TV or on video or something like that. So you could always, like, pause it or if there was a part that you were not, like, it got slow or something like that where you felt like it got slow – you know, at home, you can always distract yourself or, you know, go to the bathroom or you're eating something that you made or whatever. But this was like the first time I like I sat and I like really focused on this movie, which I thought was a really cool experience. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, I did. I think that that just even heightened my appreciation even more than mm-hmm. I already. I mean, I've, I love this movie. I love a lot of things about it. I think the first time I ever saw it, was probably, I'd always heard about it, but I think the first time I actually sat and watched it all the way through, I was probably like early high school. Mm. And um, and a lot of that hap- had to do with, um, I really, it really inspired me in a lot of ways because I really liked the look of it. And I... What's the name of the artist? The artist is H.R. Giger. Yeah. Who um, did a lot of the... Um, designs for the alien, for a lot of the sets, for all the stuff in it, um, the eggs, all these different things that are happening in this movie. You know, so I've always kind of been in on the lore. It's had comic books made after it. I've I've read some of the comics. I've seen all the sequels, and I've just really appreciated it. But uh, Sherry, so when did you first see this movie? I did not see it until we were living together because I hadn't seen it yet even though like I knew about it I had just never sat and watched it so I want to say like maybe 10 years ago so I maybe a little over so you're saying that I blessed you with Mm -hmm. the the enjoyment of watching this movie (laughs) yeah I knew about the artwork and all that stuff and but I didn't know that much about it it's now in my top five all-time movies I love this movie uh do you think you saw it before you got an orange and white striped cat no, I th- I think it, I think I had the cat I had the cat first because I remember watching <laughs> it and telling Matt if I would have seen this 
before we got Indy that his name probably would have been Jonesy. However, I can call him Jonesy if I want, since he really is Indiana Jones. There you go. So it works both ways. That's right. I know. I like that. Um, There's another... I have a little... Another story that we will be referring to Podcat as well, but we'll get to that later. So this movie came out in 1979. So did we. Yeah, so did we. And, um... It was directed by Ridley Scott, and it had the tagline in it, um, in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah. Which, um, one thing I want to mention is, you know, we're talking about scary movies this month, and this is a scary movie, but it's not your traditional, like, Halloween movie. It's kind of a suspenseful sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. and some people might not even consider it, you know, a movie to watch this time of year, because it doesn't have, like, fall or witches or, like, you know, traditional kinds of, like, Halloween kind of stuff. But, but it does still have, like, that haunted house feel, right? Yes, yeah, it does, it because does. ultimately they're, they're all trapped on a mm-hmm. ship and they're being stalked by this, right. by, by the alien. Mm-hmm. And um, so I definitely would classify this as, like, a movie that, you know, it might not, they might not be having... <gasps> pumpkins anywhere or you know it's not your tradition your traditional slasher movie but um it's definitely i would say like probably one of the top 10 scary movies of all time when it comes to suspense Mm -hmm. in a similar way that like halloween is suspenseful Mm -hmm. where there there's someone stalking them and they can't it like lurks in the shadows it's the same kind of thing i think with this movie so, basic rundown of the plot of this movie is um, there are seven passengers on the ship, the Nostromo, and they work for the company. And they just call it the company. They don't call it, they don't give it a name or anything. Eventually, in the sequels, they give it a name, um, which hopefully Nancy will eventually hear if she ever watches the sequels. I'll watch. I'll definitely watch the second one. Yeah, a- Aliens is very good. I think you'd like it a lot. And they're all in a, in their like hype like their hyper sleep kind of thing and their sleeping pods and they all get woken up early to a distress signal on a planet that they have to go and, and investigate. And these are all like cargo kind of workers. They're not really explorers or anything like that. It's not Star Trek. It's, it's a commercial ship. It's a commercial not ship. Not a rescue it's like ship. like 200 million pounds of ore they're bringing back or something Yeah, they like went that. to some planet yeah. and mined a bunch of a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. the company, the company, mm-hmm. um, is is asking them to, to get. And they Wait go... Tommy. So they go to this... Um, they go to this planet, and uh, I'm going to go off a tangent right here. They discover <clears> this <throat> orphaned alien that they decide to bring on their ship <laughs> and try and take care of. And it just wants a home. That's all it wants. But no, actually, that's not what happens. It just wants someone to hug. That's right. Yeah. It wants someone to hug. It just wants, you know, and, you know, it just wants to, it just wants to feel their heartbeat. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you know they made that face hugger out of shellfish? Shocker. Like four oysters and like a sheep's like, like stomach or something. Ugh. Right? That's why it looks so organic and real, because it is. <laughs> it's amazing. The facehugger's amazing. The facehugger's one of the creepiest things ever made on television. Oh, I agree. In film, just because of, like, as far as how widely known it is. There's been some creepy stuff made in horror movies over the years, you know, from the from the the inception of film. But this is probably, like, the most popular creepy thing <laughs> is the facehugger. Yeah. 
Well, just just the fact that they didn't know what it was and that it, you know, brought John Hurt into an immediate coma and then trying to remove it, you know, they barely pierced it and acid blood decides to seep out of it. Did you know about the acid blood at all? No. Okay, so you guys, before we get too far into this, I'll just tell you, I knew very little about this movie. I knew three basic things about this movie. Sigourney Weaver was in it. John Hurt was in it, and an alien burst out of his stomach, and there was a cat. That's about all I knew <laughs> about this movie. because I told you about the cat, or you, did you know about it before? Either you had told me, or I'd heard about it somewhere, but I didn't know Ridley Scott directed it, or I just had never put it together that he had. I didn't know Harry Dean Stanton was in it. I didn't know Veronica Cartwright was in it. I didn't know Hot Tom Skerritt was in it. Um, what are you talking about? Beard. It's Beard. the only movie that Tom Skerritt's been attractive in, as far as, far as I'm concerned. It was, it, it was as big of a surprise to me as it was to anybody. He's cute. He's cute. But, um, no, I knew nothing about this movie. And wow. I was thrilled. I mean, I... I keep telling them, like, I'd gone to Disney World in 1994, and we were on a ride in uh, the MGM Hollywood part of the park. And there is a part where, you know, an alien descends down upon you. So, I mean, I've seen what the alien looks like, how it has the little head that kind of pops out of the mouth. Like, I was aware of that, but I really knew nothing about this movie. And I was glad. I was thrilled to not know anything about this movie. It was fun watching you watch some of the parts when I'd turn and kind of look at you and oh. stuff would happen. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we saw it in a theater because so because so much of this movie is about um, the baby alien running around the ship and hiding. If yeah. I'd watched it at my house, I would have just been imagining right. the alien was under my bed or hiding behind a curtain or tucked away in a corner somewhere. You know, if, like, the door was closed a little bit, I would have just pictured it behind there. So I'm glad I saw it in a theater before seeing it at home, just because I think I would have been more scared well, watching this, it at home. Especially, like, with the scene when, um, you, know, you know, after it has, you know, the face hugger's been on John Hurt, Ugh. and it's, um, then they can't, f- then it, like, all of a sudden disappears, and yeah. it's not on him anymore. Yeah. He's still kind of in a coma, but it's not on him anymore, and they're looking around for it. And then it's, and then it's just kind of dead there. The tail falls down. The tail like, falls down, and they're like, what the hell? And, and it, yeah, I mean, I imagine, like, you not wanting to, like, if you're watching it on your <clears> bed, not <throat> wanting to put your feet down on the ground. Yeah, you know, if you're watching I, it at home. My, yeah, my imagination would have gone to way more crazy places if I was at home alone watching this versus being in a theater. Yeah. I mean, nothing was going to happen in the theater. Well, and another thing, that which again, I know sounds really ridiculous to people who don't who have no problem watching scary movies, but as we've discussed this whole month, this in itself has been a challenge for me watching watching movies that you know. Are on the scarier side. Well, I, I think that though, even even though you say that, people aren't going to. A lot of people who watch scary movies frequently, that's why they watch them. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of people watch them for that like adrenaline rush of being scared, and then there's other people who just like get off on blood, guts, gore, and tits. But um, I can tell you that, which wasn't a surprise to me. But even though I've seen this multiple times, I still was just. Totally, like, like it's, freaked it's, out watching it in the theater. And in fact, at, at my favorite scene, which is 
when she's trying to get off the ship and go to the to the pod, I actually like started tearing up because I was just felt so much like in fear. It's I could intense. feel her fear. Well, still, well, you know that's that whole end of the movie is really intense. You know, mm-hmm. she's trying to to get off of the Nostromo through the through the escape pod, and you've got. There's no music. You have a siren blaring. That's why it's so great. You've got... It's really dark. You've got steam going everywhere. It's A lot of it is done in one shot where she's, yeah. like, running down hallways. I mean, it's spectacular. they really make that end... Um, that ending really intense. Yeah. And um, that's frequent throughout the entire movie. I mean, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of, like, background music... No. To really hype, but except in those moments to increase the intensity, and um, I guess it, he did all the handheld camera work all himself. Ridley did. Oh wow! Yeah, so he could get like the, mm-hmm. the shot yeah. just how he wanted mm-hmm. it. The um, a, a couple other things that I'd like to mention about the alien itself. So they knew that they were going to have a lot of like close up shots, but they also wanted to show the full alien so they knew they couldn't make it a puppet so they they made a suit they found this like seven foot tall um african man who was very skinny balaji badejo i looked up his name who could fit into this suit which also makes it so kind of creepy real because number one it's like skin tight on him so it doesn't seem like a costume mm-hmm. because it's so perfectly fit, where as opposed to like someone else wearing a costume where it might seem kind of like you'd see wrinkles when his elbow bent or something like that. This is like a, such a perfectly made outfit for this for for this alien, and then just the design of the alien is creepy. It's got six symmetrical fingers, so like if you look at its hand, like. Mm-hmm. All the digits are the same, like half of it are, are one way and the other half oh. is just symmetrical, the other, and it's six of them. Um, Do you know who they originally wanted to wear that suit? No. Take a guess. Who's your other favorite person that wears a suit that's tall? Chewbacca. Peter Mayhew. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. He uh, that would be interesting, but I don't know. Yeah, that he, was his idea. That was their idea. They were thinking like they, were like thinking, they, they never. They, I don't think they ever asked him. So but it's they, like they were thinking like we would yeah. like a Chewbacca esque right, right. kind of thing, exactly. where like someone is wearing a suit. Yeah. Maybe not him specifically, but man, they, they, that would they be had amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just the the look and the design. Now, there's something that um, they don't really do in this movie, but you see a lot in the sequels, where like. The tail is like a weapon. It's got like Oof. a pointy tail that like they, it uses like a spear, and it kind of does it in this movie when it gets. Um, uh, was it Veronica Cartwright? Um, her char- her character's name is Lambert, and she just screams and cries the whole yeah. movie. She's probably my, my least favorite character. Apparently, real quick, I was looking at and Ridley Scott uh, and O'Bannon. They wrote all these, or maybe it was Ridley too, but they wrote all these very. Um, detailed backstories for all the characters and for her like I guess she had um, 
she had been born male, like hermaphrodite, and like, but like they decided to have her female or something like that. And then she also had all this like horrible anxiety disorder, I guess. So that's why she's like upset all the time. Wow. I, I don't thought, know. It was really I thought she was upset because know. Tom Scarrett was killed early. <laughs> and probably she, too. Because I am convinced he was banging one of them. He was banging either Ripley probably or probably. her or both. Probably Ripley. It was just, I was like, I thought that was really interesting. Well, anyway, when he, when the alien finally gets uh, Lambert, he kind of uses the tail to kind of spear yeah. her in the back. Yeah. But you don't see it. Um, and that's right before or after he'd already killed um, the other mechanic. I think he got the mechanic first. He, I like, can't picked remember him his up, name. And then she was screaming and, and crying when she does that, that. I mean, I'm sure her lines were like, like every before every line, it was like said hysterically, said hysterically, <laughs> said hysterically. I think she gets killed before Parker. No, no, I maybe think Parker it's Parker's first. Yeah. But anyway, it's, um, it's real close together. And then the other interesting thing about the alien is it has like inside its mouth another mouth. Mm-hmm. Like it's its tongue that is also a mouth that like messed up. shoots out and like paralyzes the person before it takes it away um, and does whatever it's going to do with it. Um, funny story. So uh, Sherry watched this movie for the first time and uh, Podcat over here likes to um, you know how all of our listeners know how vocal he can be from time to time. Um, I remember like being like laying down in bed and seeing Mulder next to me and just having this vision right after we had watched alien for uh, Sherry watched it for the first time, having like him meowing at me. But when he meow, his mouth would open up and then a little like Mulder head would come out of his mouth and meow at me too. <laughs> so much. Were they, were they still kittens when you first they were watched pre- it? They were, they were still pretty, they were, they were pretty young. Yeah. So, you know, imagine like yeah. cat mouth opening, <laughs> little head coming out of cat mouth and that's the one that meows in my face um Mm, so yeah that's pretty funny um so if we're looking at the characters in this movie you've you've got dallas who's the captain played by tom scarrett uh ripley who is the second in command played by sigourney weaver and this is the movie this movie like like launched her was she second in command third. or was john She's john third. hurt was third. second in command yeah. because, she, because she ha- argues with yeah. ian holmes yes. saying you know when they're both out outside of the ship i'm in charge you're she's yeah she's i, thought that, I was reading today she she's third. She, she's third okay yeah and then you have john hurt who is number two and he's kind of the pilot you know he mm. flies the ship hysterical lambert uh, lambert you have Ian Holm, who's the science officer, mm-hmm. who we will get to in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the two mechanics, uh, Parker, who I can never pronounce his name. I think it's you know. Yafet Koto, maybe? Yafet? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And the wonderful Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. Who, still doing blue collar work. Still doing you know, blue collar work, pretty, pretty in pink. You know, he's trying Harry to get a blue collar job. Yeah, he's, he's he great. had a great gig on this uh, ship. Although they were always upset, their bon- their bonus structure was never the same as everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Well, so so all of them work for the company, mm-hmm. which brings up an interesting kind of theme in this movie about how yes, it's a you know they're being terrorized by this alien, but 
I think that there's like a workers' rights. Like this is almost like a union kind of movie. Yeah, where sure. They aren't even supposed to be out there, but it's you know the law that if there's a beacon, they have to go see it. Totally understand that, but it brings up the idea of rules. And one of the rules that if they, they obey this rule, this movie ends immediately, is Dallas and John Hurt and Lambert go out to investigate the beacon. John Hurt has, um, whose um, name in the Kane. movie is Kane. Kane. Yeah. He comes back with the alien on him, and they're in the airlock, and... Ripley's like, I can't let you in. You're, that's violating quarantine procedure. Yep, 24 hours. You got to suck it up. To which the first time when I watched this, I remember yelling at the screen like, no, don't let him in. And I was like, somebody like, like for quarantine, like science, a lover of science, rules, like, no. I mean, I knew she was, that was something was going to happen because otherwise there wouldn't have been a movie, but well, it just, I'm like, ugh. Continuing the theme of this <laughs> month where... When you have movies like this, you have to have dumb people in it. Yeah. And that was pretty dumb. It was very believable, though, because when people panic and they do as they do in situations like that, I mean, that's why, you know. Well, and, you know, not to just stick up for Tom Skerritt, but the fact that he saw that his crewmate. Sure, of course. Was likely going to die. You know, something very strange had happened. And he was going to die. Now, my problem with the first 20 minutes of the movie when they're exploring the um, this alien distress call or whatever, mm-hmm. he's descending into this, like, cavern area. And then he gets to this area where he looks upon a field of eggs. And he calls them eggs. And he says, huh, these look like eggs. And he has a little headlamp on. And he's, like, flashing it around. And he sees that... Oh, there's some organic matter in here. It's swimming around in here. Um, why are you hanging out? Why are you sticking around? Why, are you tell- why, are why you aren't telling you Dallas getting up immediately? Up. <laughs> like, why do you want to stay in that spot? I mean, not that he deserved to have the a- well, alien no, burst through and la- and attach itself to his face, but oh my god. That was that was probably the dumbest thing that happened in the whole movie. I think you, that... You know the part... Okay. I was going to say, do you remember the blue light above the eggs in the movie when you saw it in the theater? Yeah. Like how there's yeah. That, blue? that blue laser light was actually brought from the Who. They were next door in, uh, like, you know, practicing or film, whatever, for a tour or something, and they borrowed that laser from them. That's how they got that blue light. Oh, to the, the film they, studio? They, they actually, yeah. They yeah. actually, from what I understand, the was... Studio. Uh, Ridley Scott actually went up to them and started talking to the lighting guy uh-huh. for for the Who, yeah. and a lot of the lighting throughout the okay, whole so movie was inspired. Okay, so more than just that, which is like, cool. They got help with that. There's a lot cool. of strobe yeah. in this movie, right? Um, in in certain areas, it's more like I don't know if it's strobe or if it's like there's a light behind a fan and like well, flashing, and it starts flashing. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. near the end, and yeah. again yeah. increasing the intensity. Yeah. Yeah, that was dumb, though. I don't know what was going on there. Then he's like, let me look in, over this egg. What is this thing? Mm. Again, actual organic material. It was like sheep intestines or something. Ugh. Those things are like one of the grossest things ever. That those, They're awesome. Oh, I know they are. But, oh, God. They're awesome. The look of the look of everything in this movie. I just... Even the ship. Like, the, the basics of the ship. Like, the whole art direction in this movie, I really like. Um, the eggs as weird as they look they 
the whole like how it's got like this weird opening that like kind of mm-hmm. comes out it kind of flowers kind of flowers open and the long tail of the face hugger wraps itself around mm. your neck to put its little suck onto your mouth but yeah. it's it's just done so well because you know when you're doing these movies especially like post star wars like i mean you know you know 2001 it's like you got like you got to people really make them feel like something they have not seen before you know and yeah. it, it does. well yes. and and the part where you know when ripley and Ash mm-hmm. are fighting over yeah. do we let him in or not and she's like absolutely not and yeah. then he goes ahead and just does it mm-hmm. you know then you see you don't you you don't see them carrying Kane in you see Kane for the next scene laying on the table with the face hugger on that's the first time you see that his entire face has been covered with Melted this into the mask yeah. with this mm-hmm. you know so the you're at that point, since again, I've never seen it before, I'm just assuming that he still has some kind of problem with his suit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but nope, this this starfish uh. has, <laughs> has you know, glued itself to his so face. What was your feeling when they like cracked that thing open and that was sitting there? Like for the first time. How did time, you feel? Like, like, were you, you like think? was it like had you seen a face hugger before? No. No, that was new. Mm-hmm. Again, I knew Ugh. very nothing, very little about <laughs> <Good>. this movie. <laughs> No one had ever forced me to watch it before, and not to say I'm feeling forced with this experience, oh, no, no. but I never had anyone be like, oh my god, oh my god, it's like my favorite movie in the world, you gotta watch it, and force me to like sit down and watch it. It's just, I just never made a point to get around to it, but I'm glad I did. Let's um, let's talk a little bit about um, probably like the, the star of this movie, um, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Amazing. After, after this movie, she went on to... Um, you know, do a lot of great films. She owned the eighties. Yeah, I mean, Ghostbusters, Working Girl, Spectacular. I mean, I mean and then more she, alien movies. More <laughs> alien movies. She she basically continued on this franchise for a while. You know, she had a really tough job in this movie, and and I think this will end up being kind of a, a theme for the evening, uh, and for this episode. She, at this time, for a movie like this coming out in a studio with an ensemble like this, her being such a strong, positive woman in this movie that is ultimately the hero. I mean, you can kind of put her, you know, along the lines of a lot of the movies that we've watched this month with this whole kind of victimized woman being chased by some Mm -hmm. killer like Laurie Strode or Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm Mm-hmm. But from the very beginning of this movie, she is in charge. She's a fucking badass is what yeah. she is. She is in charge. And, and which is really interesting because one of the things that in my research, like, they tried to write all the characters in this movie like they were genderless. Like, you didn't have to, like, they could have gotten anyone to be, be there. But I do not see this movie succeeding with it not cast the way it is. Yeah. And Meryl Streep was played or played that part or they thought about her, but they liked Weaver better, which was great, but I can't imagine had, Meryl. Streep. I love Meryl Streep, but I So can't this was probably that. filmed in like late 77, 78 sometime if mm-hmm. it came out in 79. Yeah. Have there been any female astronauts at that point? No. No. Well, so. Sally Ride, ooh, what year was Sally Ride? Because I'm wondering too she, if like just the deliberate I think, I having women in space. She was right around well, that you time. Had, you had women in space in later. Star Trek and in, after. and in um, Star Wars because Princess Leia was already in space. So, 
But to yeah, but have, she just needed to be rescued. And, and in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know, Princess Leia was was tough, and that was in seventy seven. You mm-hmm. know, having her character in there, but having someone in charge of something like this, and really kind of carrying the whole movie, in a lot of ways. You know, was really unprecedented at that time. Yeah, yeah, for '79. I mean, there's like you have more than one woman on in, on staff. She's one of the people in charge. Um, there's, you know, one of the people of color is one of the last people that's alive in the movie, which yeah. is, and you know, the women, which I think is awesome. And it passes. It's one of the movies that passes a bestial test, which is interesting because there's only two women on the cast. But at one point, you know, when they're talking about the alien, you know, the alien is sexless, so. It's kind of interesting if you think about it that way. Can you explain to our listeners what the Bechdel test is? Well, basically, I forget how many lines it is. I think it's really any lines that where two women are having a conversation in a film or, you know, and they're not talking about a man. Like in a relationships kind of kind of world or or at all. It's like the TV show Mad Men probably never passed that test. Never. Because yeah. women's values and were always centered around how men valued them, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah really very, yeah, very few things pass this. Right. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard. To I get mean, maybe Orange is the New Black passes it because it's a prison mm-hmm. full of women, but it does. There's not a there's not a whole lot of other examples in. I mean, you'd think there would be a lot more by now, but... Now, if your theory that Tom Skerritt was actually banging one of these women... (laughs) Or both. Or both. You know, of course, I don't... It still can pass the test. (laughs) That isn't part of it. And I'll argue that um, Veronica Cartwright's character seemed more upset with him dying. Although maybe she was just a more emotional... I mean, Ripley, Ripley was upset. But I think she was also more like, holy shit, what do we do now? The captain How? is gone. Well, and maybe a little bit of I told you so. Yeah. I mean, because well, at, at that point, yeah, because at that point, Kane had already been killed and then Dallas died. Because then when when did Harry Dean Stanton, did Harry Dean Stanton die he before? Died first. He died before he died after, Dallas. He, di- he died after Kane. After Kane. After, after Kane. Okay. Yeah. He goes, Kane, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Dallas. Dallas. Then... Um, then robot. Then, then Ash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> then Ash. Then um, Parker Lambert. And that's, and that's it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as Nancy was alluding to, the, there's a huge reveal near the end where you find out that Ash, the science officer, had been told the entire time that the company was basically saying. We think there's an alien there. Capture this alien, um, and everyone else on the in the crew is expendable as long as you bring this alien life form back, so they can use it to make weapons. Yeah, they have to go. They have to type a special code to get into this room that's full of white lit, light bright lights yeah. that are randomly blinking yeah. and make it look like it's like the se- like the nerve center of this, yeah. the, the co- nerve center communication center the, of this. The ship. computer system is called Mother, Mother. <laughs> but it's actually spelled, which I did not know until today, M U slash T H slash U R. Isn't that oh, interesting? Weird. Oh, Didn't I wouldn't know that. That'd be interesting to figure yeah. out exactly what the, that acronym means. Right. Yeah, the this whole robot thing cuz cuz what's what was so good about the reveal of Ash being a robot with this malicious 
goal was that it's not just that there's one villain in this movie. No. No. I mean, because you're you're thinking like these men that won't listen to Ripley, they they in themselves are not villainous, but they're stupid, you know, but they're also causing more problems because they're not following her lead or listening to her ideas or whatnot. But no, no, there is actually someone on the ship who's sabotaging them. Right. So well, they are they are not just trying to fight this incredibly deadly alien that can kill you in like a second mm -hmm. but they're also fighting this robot who's been given all these instructions oh no no we need to keep this organic life form alive so we can bring it back Ugh. well intense okay so that's what's so great is that you know she's the one like the the at the part where i was gonna say when kane when the, he comes in with the face hugger they're the ones that are all emotional she's the one she's the woman is the one that's like no like you need to like do this, but anyway. No, sorry. that was no. You're yeah. right. That was one of the the strongest moments for yeah. for Sigourney Weaver, where she was really kind of taking charge. And then the the scene um, when they're deciding, like what when they're trying to decide what to do after um, Dallas, you know, gets take gets gets taken by the alien. When she's just like yelling at Parker, like, "Hey, mm -hmm. shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and just really taking charge. That's one of the best. You yes, know, yes. Strong moments yeah. for her in the movie too. When Dallas had his scene, which was basically the exact same scene that John McClane had when John McClane <laughs> yeah. was using his lighter in an air duct, but the air duct in the ship was a little bit bigger, and he had a freaking lighter, like a big torch that he was lighting. But come this, to our planet, we'll get together, have a few laughs. laughs. Yeah, same concept. Like the first thing I was like, oh my god, it's just like John McClane. I don't know who's scarier, the terrorist or the alien. I don't know. Well, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is, you can watch this movie and think like. The alien is like this villain that's that's trying to kill all these people for whatever reason because it's an alien. But really, that's in the alien's nature. The real villain in this movie is the company. Yeah, the company is Whaling. the villain. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who you know are put them in this in this yeah. science experiment. The alien is just it's just doing its thing. And again. It's just a little orphan taken from this planet. <laughs> mm. I just think that this whole the whole thing with the company is it's not like whatever inspired the idea that the company wanted this. Hats off to the to the writers of this movie for coming up with that idea because I think it would be so simple to just say like, oh, we're dumb and we mistakenly brought this alien on board to twist it near the end of the movie to be like, oh no, the people that you work for wanted this to happen. That's a, that's even more, that's more messed up well, than she anything this out, alien does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys have watched it so many more times than I have, but I mean, I can't help but think that even the distress call was, was planted. Like this whole thing was maybe set up so that they would land there. I mean, could could well could the <laughs> the mother intelligence thing had known that they were nearing this planet that had some organic life forms on it that could have been very dangerous and just deliberately sent them there Excellent. to their deaths. Excellent segue, Nancy. It, it, it. <laughs> um which brings us to sequels. Mm. <laughs> this movie not only has four, uh, three sequels, Aliens, 
which came out um, almost 10 years later, then directed by James Cameron. Very different feel. Sigourney Weaver comes back, and there are aliens. Okay. Alien 3, directed by David Fincher. His first feature film. His first feature Mm. film, um, which is controversial among fans of the franchise, but I still find... You know, pretty good. When you watch it, you'll know why. Um, After you watch Aliens. And then there's Alien 4, which I will only call Alien 4 because I don't want to give anything away to Nancy. Mm. Um, She can IMDB the actual name of it. Nope. And then (laughs) that is where our Sigourney Weaver storyline ends. And then in the 2000s, Ridley Scott came back and made um, two movies. He made... A movie called Prometheus, which was supposed to be a prequel to it. Mm. And then another movie, Alien Covenant, which was also a, continu- a, a second part of the prequel. Mm. All taking place before Alien. Oh, okay. So when you bring up the idea of, like, maybe they knew, like, mm-hmm. that beacon was fake. Mm-hmm. Kind of the the lore that they've created among in this whole series has this idea of like, Oh wait, we knew about aliens already. Oh, okay. So it, so it is very possible that they were, they were going to that planet on purpose. Mm. Well, at one point, at one point she does say, this wasn't a distress call. This doesn't look like a distress call. Somebody else says Well, that. yeah. I mean, they, it's 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 a it's a warning that's supposed that's it's basically it's basically says. saying yeah. do not come here. Right. Yeah. And they go down to the planet anyway, probably because they are just being dumb. Well, well, oh, when they get out, but well, that's because they get out because they think they need to. But the the system, like, and it it direct. I mean, they're in hypersleep. Like, it does it. They don't get a choice. You know, it starts going. It's you know, wakes them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the sequels go, they're all very entertaining. And if you like the look and the feel of this whole of the first movie, mm-hmm. you get more of that throughout the other movies mm-hmm. in some way. Um, I still think that this movie is, you know, like a lot of you know, series of movie, this one is the strongest. Mm. Particularly because you've got a small cast in a small kind of, like you said, haunted house kind of. You know, torture situation. Yeah, the, the time frame of this movie can't go like two days, if that. You know, I mean, all the everything could happen almost overnight. But yeah, I mean, they they had to do the repairs to the ship, and they tell them, you know, Harry Dean Stanton goes, eh, we're looking at like seventeen hours, and a Parker's like, we got at least twenty five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he can do to increase his paycheck, right? Mm. It's got a lot of interesting kinds of things that happen as far as like as the sequels go on, how they build onto the story, which it, that they do that in all those. And if, if they want to make, if they want to make a series of something, they got to build on the story somehow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And sometimes they make good choices and sometimes they make bad choices. So anyway, you know, the part where Ash rolls up the magazine and, you know, stuff tries to kill her. And, yeah. I guess in the script or something, it said that, uh, he, Ash is supposed to put a magazine in her hooter and Sigourney Weaver, and because it was British, like written like a British person, because a hooter isn't mouth. And and Sigourney Weaver was like, "That doesn't make sense. He's going to put a magazine on, in my boob. Like what?" <laughs> <laughs> I just found that very funny. Um, Death by paper cuts, right? Yeah, I don't right. know. 
Yeah, I always thought that that was like a weird way. Like he was like trying to like get it into her mouth, but it never like when it's you're so, watching it's, it, so it's awkward. awkward. It's weird. never really going into her mouth. It's just like, <laughs> I can I cover your mouth? And <laughs> like, that's a weird robot. He's the worst. He's awful. There is. Um, I'll tell you this, which you find out very early on in Aliens. There is another robot character. Oh boy. That, um, but you find it out very early. Mm. Um, Androids. I, I would, yeah. People have a mm. thing about Android. Nancy, so you've seen this only the one time. Mm-hmm. As you left the theater, who was your favorite character and what was your favorite scene? And a uh, sub question do you need to talk about Tom Skerritt more? Because. <laughs> um. This is what the, this is what happened. The the lights go on. We all stand up immediately. Mm, Tom Skerritt is so hot. It was great. That is exactly well, what she. So said. I wasn't sitting next to Sherry when we watched this because if if I had been, I would have just whispered it to her early on. Like, wow, this is really kind of taken me by surprise. Like he's really hot in this movie because he's filled out, like he's got a beard, like he's younger. He hasn't like moved on to his top gun mustache only super gaunt look, which he apparently right. has for like from, right. from then on to the rest of his life. He definitely and looks picket fences alien. and stuff. Yeah. So you're not so you're not really into like steel magnolia. No. No. <laughs> Again, this was a big surprise to me. So. Even Harold and Maudie only has that stash because he's a cop. Oh. Yeah. So, so anyways, like that whole thing aside, I mean, I really liked his character a lot too. I mean, I feel like as the captain of the ship, he was doing everything he thought he was supposed to do. He was following the orders he was given, which I know you were saying earlier, you thought that this was kind of a commentary on workers' rights, but I kind of also think it's a commentary on like being in the military. Sure. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of working organization, but, and this movie came out like four or five years after Vietnam ended. So there could have just been this whole like idea of blindly following orders for things and, you know, what's the hierarchy and chain of command and all that stuff. Oh, and I'm sure Whalen Corp was involved with the government with some of this stuff too. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just. Eventually you find out in the sequels that's the name of the company, Wayland Corporation. Yeah. I heard it also is Mm -hmm. in the Blade Runner universe, Mm -hmm. apparently. Yes, Yes, it is. But so, okay, my unexpected attraction to Tom Skerritt aside, (laughs) I mean, Ripley's my favorite character. How can she not be? She's amazing. Me too. Me too. Yeah, she's incredible. Second favorite? Probably Jones the cat, but only, <laughs> only because I mean, why not? Oh man, if if Harry Dean Stanton could have like read the cat's mind, he would have known the alien was behind him. Right. I, know. I mean, oh, I mean, and and actually, it was so endearing to see Sigourney Weaver's character with this cat. I, I mean, I know that sounds weird. No, like, it is a huge part of the. I just think it adds. It so humanizes much. her it in a way. It, it really does. Them. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, her in particular, because when, because when they were trying to, when they were first trying to like locate where did the alien run off to, and they had these weird motion detector things, and when the motion detector caught the cat, they it's like they all realized, oh my god, oh that's right, we have our cat on the ship, and how do we, how do we keep that the cat safe through all of it and i believe i i'm pretty sure i found this online like a long time ago and i just thought of it so i'm sorry i didn't research this right before we 
we recorded, but I'm pretty sure there's like a version, there's like a story or a comic or a version of this movie that is like playing out this movie, but through the eyes of Jones. From Jones POV. Awesome. That's Jones great. Jones point of view. <laughs> and if there isn't, awesome. we're going to make it, right? <laughs> I'm sure there is. Because that would just be this so cool. Movie. Um, but you're right. It, 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 it humanizes them all, but also, it also brings to the question, like, why did they bring this cat? Because no one says it's, like, their cat. Even even uh, Ripley, it's not like, hey, don't touch my cat at any point in the movie. It's just, like, yeah. the ship's cat. Yeah. Kind of like, and I think that it's uh, it also might be similar to, like, why they had cats on, like, boats. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Get, get, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like it was, it's an, but it's they're a, in space. Right. Like, is it, I mean, it's even space an homage herpes. to like, space you know, herpes. Yeah. <laughs> or space rats. Yeah. To, to sailors and stuff. Right. You know, Portuguese sailors, they love their cats. You know, they did because they helped get rid of rats. Greatest seaman in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, yeah, I agree. I think, Ripley, hands down, best character in this. You know, there's a reason why she is the driving force in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And um, she's amazing. She's a feminist icon. She yeah. she really is. I mean, and now a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite scene? It's a tie between two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. A, it's a tie between. The alien bursting out of John Hurt's abdomen. Now you knew that was going to happen, but you I didn't, didn't know, know when, when and how. how. I just <laughs> knew it was going to happen, and I think I maybe had seen just a tiny bit. Like I knew he would end up on a table when it happened, but was I didn't it, know when. Was it ruined for you by the movie Space? No, because I'd forgotten about <laughs> that part. <laughs> no, I'd forgotten all about that. Um, so it's a tie between that scene and then the scene with. Dallas in the air yes. shaft because I think at that point that's mm-hmm. when you really get a first glimpse of the alien like in its fuller form <laughs> you know it's larger yeah. form and it, it that was a very intense it's very scene because she's just like get out of there like move and he's like yeah I mean and he felt yeah. he felt so much responsibility for mm-hmm. everyone on the on the ship yeah and I mean, more or less knew he was probably walking into his own death. So it was, it was great. It yeah. was, it, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, because th- from then on out, I mean, obviously, you know, Kane, Kane died. I mean, and that was just such a weird death, the, the whole experience. And then we didn't even see what happened to Harry Dean Stanton. We just like knew he died after he saw the um, alien skin, like it had shed oh, yeah. its skin. Like, <laughs> like after he like picked that up. So, but it's like his body just kind of disappeared. You didn't see like a big pool of blood or anything, but it was Dallas's character that you really see get killed. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my two favorites. You know, that scene where, um, which I can't imagine seeing that in the theater in 79 and, not knowing that was going to happen. I can't even imagine if I was, that would have been just crazy. Cause when I, oh, by the yeah. time I watched it, I mean, I kind of knew what was going to happen, although it's still crazy shocking, but you know, they use like real blood and guts and stuff. And the rest of the, of the, um, the actors didn't know. And so that's like, their faces are so that's real shock. Like when all that blood and stuff flies on them and it's like real, yeah, they, when they, they filmed it, they, yeah. did, they didn't, they didn't tell the actors what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like they knew, that he was going to die. But they didn't tell them 
how or what was going to happen. So their reactions to it bursting out and getting blood all over them and how they reacted, all natural. Interesting. So you don't think John Hurt even knew? No, he knew because he had to do the (laughs) acting. But but like everyone who was supposed to react, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Cool. That's, that's, so, that's so, filming. So when they were doing when they were doing the table read, it must have just had John Hurt's John Hurt's gonna die here, and then just left yeah. it vague. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. I, thought, I always thought that was really cool. That's neat. Yeah. What was your favorite scene, Sherry? My favorite scene, while it's also hard, is just is the is the end when she's trying to you know get off the ship with with Jones, and she's and she's just like you can tell she's just. She's trying to be like so strong, but you can mm-hmm. tell she's just she's you racing can feel against the her, clock. She can the clock. You can feel her fear. Like you've got it's subtle, but it's so just amazing how they you know how they how Ridley like how they directed that those scenes. Mm-hmm. Like you can just you can feel it. Feel yeah. her fear. Like I said, I you know I like teared up watching that scene even and just and the and the end when she's she sees the alien you know that goes into that and then to her trying her just trying to get into that suit and like. Without it, like you know, coming after her, yeah, just uh, I think <clears throat> I think all those scenes that you guys mentioned would probably be in like my top five. But I'm gonna just to to pinpoint a, another scene is um, I really think that the scene, as kind of gross as it is, is when the reveal of Ash and who he is. Oh and, yeah, and, and that <laughs> that scene is really really. I almost and, said that scene, and and that scene is is crazy and it's done really well except for <laughs> how the really terrible like cut of you know they've they've defeated ash they've kind of knocked his head off and then they're trying to like wire him up so they can question him even though mm-hmm. they know they can't really hurt him they're like have like this very fake looking head and then all of a sudden it cuts to ian home like with like doing like the classic like head through the table yeah. to talk through to talk through it and and it just has like this really terrible kind of look to it but that whole scene where is really yeah. cool um well he was drinking that mysterious milk <laughs> the so whole weird. time and i'm like what think, where is this milk coming I from think he was lubing up like it's like yeah. this natural like yeah. like wd-40 yeah <laughs> it's his version of the oil like the tin man oh yeah I don't really have anything else to add other than I really like this movie. Um, it's so good. I'm, I'm so glad that Nancy <laughs> finally got to watch it. On it's the big a, screen, no on less. On the big screen. Sherry, I'm so glad that you have been... I was able to introduce this movie to you and you have grown to love it as much as you have. Um, like I said, like throughout the whole series... I I just really like the look of it, the kind of a lot, some of the lore. Um, I did I do want to actually correct myself. Yes, there's the four alien sequels, and then there's also the two prequels. But there were also some Alien versus Predator movies mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. come out where the alien is, is is in it, but it has nothing to do with the normal lore other than. The can, the lore that was created in the comic book world, where the aliens and the predator live in the same universe, and at times they would battle each other, which is brought up in the second Predator movie. Mm. Which I'm just totally going on a geeky tangent right now, but it's um, fun though. It's fun though, and it looks cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I'm glad to talk about that. So I think that just about does it for Alien, and um, we're gonna switch gears here to. 
another female-led movie by more than just its name. Nancy's going to talk about Carrie. All right, so the movie Matt wanted to talk about was from the year he was born, and the movie I'm going to talk about is from the movie I was born. Right? Okay. That's so cool. So this movie came out. So Carrie came out in 1976. It was written by Stephen King, starring Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie. And a great American hero <laughs> with some very, very full, lush blonde curls. And I believe Amy Irving plays um, yes. Sue. So Carrie starts, in, I'm going to guess it's springtime in high school. And I'm not sure if Carrie was all, I, I'm going to guess she was a senior or she or, was like 16. I think she, yeah, I think it's her senior prom. So either she's a junior or a senior. Okay. So she yeah. was a junior or yeah. a senior. And this movie opens up. Okay. Before we dive into like scene by scene stuff, the overall story about this movie is she's a girl who has very little understanding of what's going to happen to her in her life. Like she has very little understanding about like physiology. She, her mother has raised her in an incredibly oppressive religious environment. The father is not in the picture. So there's no kind of balance in terms of there's been no discussion of parenting styles and like what makes sense for Carrie white as she's growing up. So she's an insanely sheltered girl who, you know, they have a, they have a little prayer room in a closet that Carrie's locked in a lot, you know, often. She's locked in this closet by her evil mother. The movie opens during P.E. class, and the P.E. class ends, and they're in the locker room. And I'm going to tell everybody, I've never seen this movie when it wasn't on TV. <laughs> so I'm seeing it for the first time, unedited, I'm seeing a lot of naked ladies in this movie in a locker room. This was a little surprising. Um, but <laughs> Carrie's taking a shower, and um, she gets her period for the first time. She's all in, she's like soaping herself up. She's she's enjoying her day. Yeah, you know, she's just you know day. having taking her you know post volleyball shower, yeah. and she gets her period for the first time. And because her mother is such an evil bitch, she's never told her daughter what's going to happen to her with her body as she gets you know goes through her teenage years. So she and apparently she has no friends because they didn't tell her either. She yeah, she really doesn't have any friends, and this is obvious because of just how odd she is. But she completely freaks out. She thinks she's dying. She doesn't know what's going on with her. And like 30 girls in the locker room all make fun of her. They all no one helps her. They all just throw a bunch of pads and tampons at her and just make her feel so desperately humiliated and the PE coach played by the mom from eight is enough. (laughs) um, She comes in and tries to through really through the whole course of the movie, protect Carrie and help her. And she's just as confused like the, all the girls, why is Carrie so upset about this? She didn't really understand that Carrie's home life was what it was and that she just didn't understand what was going on with her, but she came in to help protect her and whatnot. Through this shower scene, we also see right away that Carrie has some special abilities. She is blessed <laughs> with the gift of telekinesis and with just 
the power of her mind, she can break stuff. <laughs> um, she ends up breaking uh, light bulbs and things kind of crashing around her. But she, uh, you know, upon first viewing of this movie, I, I was probably about 12 or so when I saw this movie for the first time. So I don't think I, I think it was in seventh grade when I saw it. And I was probably more afraid of Carrie's mother than anything else in this movie. That's for sure. I mean, Carrie's mother is is just pure evil in this movie. You know, Carrie gets home after her horrible, horrible day at school. And, you know, the mom, the mom blames her. You know, and she's just like, Mom, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me things like this were going to happen to me? And her mom just assumes it's all that sin. It's all the sin that you brought upon yourself. And it just boggled my mind as a kid, and it freaked me out so much that a parent could act like this. Things continue and snowball throughout the movie as this this opening event gets a lot of girls in trouble for treating her so poorly, but then makes all the a lot of girls and two in particular one in particular decide it's like their mission to take down Carrie White. So in addition to there being a super crazy evil mom in this movie, there's also storylines of intense bullying in this movie. Um, in fact, you know, the whole shower scene is basically all these girls bullying her um, because of how they're making fun of her. Plug because, it up. Because she just didn't understand what was happening to her her body. So, yes, this, this movie is really scary in the sense that <laughs> there are crazy parents that could act this way. I mean, I, I don't mean to judge or whatnot, but I get the feeling that a modern-day version of this could involve a lot of homeschooled kids, maybe. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't want to just make a blanket statement like that. That's not fair. But at the same time, the idea that someone's very specific worldview is imposed upon their children because they don't want their ch- their child to understand just basic biology. Like, I just don't get it. I think that you'd have to... And I think what you're trying to say is that especially with the modern times of today, you would have to live an extremely sheltered life. Like, like Amish. Well, Amish maybe, but to the point where you're like, you live on a, like, I, I imagine someone who like lives a very secluded lifestyle in a very rural area where you don't have electric, like cable TV or anything like that. It would be really hard to not experience, you know, at least have the bait, like the basic knowledge of of physiology at at the age that she was at. Sure, because she was not. Because we're not talking about no, she's like someone who's sixteen. Like, we're not, and and even in, in and that's and honestly, that's kind of late to be getting your first period. It is. Right. It's still, I think, right. in the range of normal, but it is. It is late. Yeah, that's for sure. I also don't believe that there could possibly be any cultures that make women or young women feel like they're complete sinners just because they now start getting their period. Well, I just can't believe I'll, I'll, that there are I, any. I, I, I believe the possibility that there might be. But I, I know, I understand what you're saying, especially, again, especially in times like these where um, there's so many resources to get yeah. information and to your, to share what you had said before, like she obviously didn't have any friends because it's something that you would find out 
about just from your friends. Like, it's not something that you'd comfortably want to talk about, but you, you could ask. know other girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just that aspect of it, you yeah. would know something. But you were going to say. I was just going to say that, I don't know how if you want to get into this part of it right now, but this is, you know, my favorite horror movie. My dad... When I was probably about 12, too, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Like, he said, you should watch this movie. My mom wasn't home. <laughs> nice. All right, Bob. And uh, I was like, okay. And I remember just at the same time being horrified, but just loving it so much. As someone who had been teased, went to a religious school mm-hmm. my whole life until I went to college. Now, I don't. I never met anyone... That was as bad as Margaret. Carrie White's mom. Yeah, but I could, but I could do a stretch. And when I watch it, I mean, it, it really, it really brings out like every time, like just this crazy, just pent up anger I have for this kind of religious nonsense, like how she has. Um, and it's just, she's so good in that role. I mean, she got Oscar nominated for it. So does this say SpaceX, but, um, it just, I just identify with so much of that movie. Like, I mean, from that part of it to, you know, how Carrie feels a lot of the time. I think it's really actually an important movie for, like, young girls to watch. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. from, an, from a different point of view. Like, I, yeah, you know. Well, I, I actually, before we did this scary movie rewatch... I used to always say this was the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, just... And I think it's more about how psychotic mm-hmm. a parent can be. I mean, that... Because that's really where the horror in this movie comes from. I mean, there are definitely things about the telekinesis that are scary. There are things that the girls do to carry that are scary. But it's what the mom does that is just well, and the it's worst. Just, yeah. And that stuff is just like for really Christian people like she is, it's like, oh, sex, it's evil. Men are evil. Your body is evil. Stephen King, he knows what he's talking about, man. I'd like to add to just kind of add to what Sherry is saying. When we were doing the rewatch for this, Sherry was very animated <laughs> with how she felt um, about the... Um, religious upbringing that Carrie had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she had a very intense feeling about it. Sure. And she's, um, I told you I think that. She, I think she had to really kind of collect her, <laughs> collect herself before we recorded because, um, it wouldn't be possible for everyone just listening to, to really fully understand if, uh, you didn't see. Was there screeching? Um, there was pounding of the pillows and <laughs> pounding, not her dirty pillows, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but oh, God. there was, there was definite, um, no, just, I just get, I, every time I watch it, I just get so just like pissed off. I just want to take my thumbs and poke, push them into her eye sockets. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's that, oh, that's more. That's, that's, like, that's more of the intensity. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let it out. Let it out. Well, like I said, you know, I had a lot of years of 
having to listen to that kind of bullshit. So no offense to anyone that likes it. Well, let me also just kind of go through a little bit (laughs) more of like the timeline in this movie. So, you know, this horrible event at the very beginning of the movie, the shower scene, which then leads to all the girls in that class getting into a lot of trouble. Like they, the gym teacher, miss, Mrs. What's her name? I just totally forgot her name. I think it starts with a B. I'll look it up. Miss Collins. Is it Miss Collins? Miss Collins. Yes. Yes. So Miss Collins, she decides she... she I, I'm just laughing at that. She decides that um, all these girls deserve some really intense um, detention for treating Carrie the way that she did. And if they don't want to follow through with the detention, their senior ball tickets are revoked. And no prom. No, no prom for no you. No prom. Um, so all of them do it except this one bitch named Chris who yeah. just is – well, she's dating John Travolta um, <laughs> in the movie. Um, she just is adamant that she doesn't think that they deserve this kind of this kind of punishment and fine. So she won't get to go. And Miss Collins is just very determined to make these girls feel a little pain. And I thought – that was right. I thought that was fair. But because she has pissed off this whole swath of girls, Carrie becomes an even larger target for them. Right. And Chris, in particular, has her sights set on humiliating Carrie as much as she possibly can. And one of the kinder girls in the group, even though she was throwing just as many tampons at her and pads at her and yelling at her just as much in the locker room scene, Amy Irving's character, Sue, she feels like, you know what? I feel bad for Carrie. And you know what? I think it'd be really nice if Carrie goes out with my boyfriend. Now, this whole thing I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand this whole, I'm going to ask my boyfriend Tommy, the captain of the football team, to ask out Carrie White. I don't really get this, and we can dive deeper into this when they finally show all the prom stuff. But she decides, I want Carrie to know she's not some leper. Can you please ask her out? Because she kind of gets the vibe that Carrie has a crush on him from one of their classes. Like, there's a poem, he writes a poem or something, and she goes, Oh, that's beautiful. And the kids make fun of her, but Sue catches on, like, Oh. I think she likes my boyfriend. But she doesn't act jealous. She just feels like... I think she has no... No way does she think that he would ever dump her for Carrie. Yeah. So she thinks she's safe. Like, that's, ah, I that's also, not going to happen. I also think the reason why she asks him to ask Carrie to the prom is because that is a lot easier for her to do than try and convince some other boy to ask her to the prom. Yeah. Now... Um, we all, I, I, th- I don't think any of us have read the book, Carrie. No. So maybe, I've always wanted to, but so I have. maybe that's different. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of the details of it are different, but we're talking about the movie anyway, so who cares? It is a little um, different. But, but anyway, I, do I think that, I think it, it would have been a lot easier for her to just say, Hey Tommy, don't take me to the prom. I was, I was a total bitch to her. I don't deserve to go. Will you let's try and help her by you know, trying to get her involved and you take her and you know even and he's kind of like eh, wishy washy about it yeah. and then he says I'll do it and it's sweet it, it, and I think that and he treats her really nicely yeah. at the prom I mean he he encourages her to go he encourages her to dance she he gives her a little kiss which I don't understand that either well I think he's just trying to be. 
He's just tr- trying to open her up. Now, I, at no point do I think that Carrie believes that he will leave Sue and go for her. I don't think at any point throughout the movie, I never get the vibe that he is dumping Sue and more interested yeah. in her. Yeah. Um, and there would be a way better way that they could have approached this whole thing of him taking her to the prom, but then we wouldn't have the movie. Yeah, I mean, because Carrie, you know, Carrie endured a lot of bullshit with her mom by even trying to get to go to this, go to the prom. Like, her mom made her feel like a slut because she wanted to go to a prom. Go to the prom. Go to the prom, for Christ's sake. Like, she made her feel like she was a dirty girl and just all these horrible things. Well, and and Tommy, in his, you know, powder blue, ruffly tuxedo, you know, he pushed himself into the, like, <laughs> come on, you got to go. But she went. You know, like, Carrie had enough. She She understood she was in this very pivotal point in her life, like, I can't just keep listening to everything my mom is saying. Like, the things that my mom are, is saying, is like, it doesn't square with things other people are telling me. Like, there's got to be some kind of... Re- the line of what's real has to be in between here somewhere. And it can't just be all this shit my mother has told me all these years. Well, I love that scene so much where she's just, like, just keeps throwing her back onto the bed with her telekinesis. And like, I'm like, how many kids watch this movie and are like, at some time or another, are like, man, I wish I could like do that. Just be like, shut up, mom. Well, leave me alone. There's something that (laughs) I, I, and maybe it's because I also, I I probably watched it around this. Like, I think maybe we watched it. Probably. We watched it around the same time. And, um, I had always watched it on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, until I got older. I watched it uncut mm. way before you did. But <laughs> one scene that I never really remembered is, like, not even halfway through the movie, Carrie tells her mom, I can move things with my mind. And her mom is like, this is, e- you're evil. You yeah. have, this, this. the devil has given you this, this power yeah. and everything like that. And I had never really caught on to that. So the only really real reason she even goes to the prom is because her mom is afraid of her. And she is afraid of what she can do. Yeah. So when she's pushing sure. her on the bed, oh, yeah. it's because she's like, what the hell? I'm super scared. And there's a couple other times where she does things in front of her mom that she sees, and she is afraid, which right. ultimately is why the conclusion of the movie happens. Yeah. Um, but as far as Tommy and Sue go, I think that all their intentions were good. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the way the movie portrays it, the intentions were good, but, you know, it would have been, you know, I think in modern times, if they were doing this on a, on a modern day scale, they would have had more people in on it. Like, can we all just try and be nice to Carrie? Yeah. And then Chris, um, she would have been on her own, basically, trying to pull this shit off. Yeah. Well, they get to the prom, and Chris had had um, informed her best friend, PJ Souls, who we saw last week mm-hmm. in Halloween, um, they were going to rig the prom king and queen contest so that Carrie and Tommy would win because Chris wants to humiliate Carrie in the grandest of ways 
including a bunch of pig's blood. Um, and like the most famous scene of the movie probably ever, or maybe one of the most famous scenes of all horror movies. Um, it's way up there. You know, they get Very on the iconic. stage, they get on the stage and for five solid minutes, you know, Sue has, you know, high school proms. It was at like the, the gym. It wasn't at like a fancy hotel or anything. So she like goes over to school and like is peeking through the doors and just wants to see what's going on. And she's not there to cause any trouble or whatnot. And she sees that they win. They're getting ready to get up on the stage, all this great stuff. And she's standing along the side of the stage and she starts to notice a rope that's like being shaken back and forth. And she follows the rope and realizes, Oh my God, someone's underneath. There's something above. And she wants to try to alert Miss Collins, but Miss Collins is like, Whoa, 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 Sue, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. You're just causing problems or whatever. So Sue unfortunately gets kicked out. And then Chris is able to yank the rope and dump, I don't know, six gallons of pig's blood or something just pours all over Carrie. Yeah. It's like the worst scene. I mean, it's just awful, horrible, horrible, horrible. And then somehow the bucket's heavy enough, I guess. And it clips Tommy <laughs> just right. And it kills him. It doesn't kill him. It I think it just knocked him out. him out. It just knocks him out. All right. Well, yeah. I always, pre- <clears throat> I always assumed it was kill- It killed him, but did you know God that? damn that scene, <laughs> that scene. I, know. I mean, this is at least the second movie we're talking about with a high school prom. I mean, the Pretty in Pink prom is a little different than this one. Um, just a little. <laughs> I mean, evil people in that one, too, but... Yeah. Sissy Spacek uh, was homecoming queen at her high school. So Nice. Uh, so she was used to getting, <laughs> getting that, crowned on the isn't stage. That, isn't Hopefully that no pig's blood was Back dropped in Texas, on her. yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But, Mm-mm. goddamn, you know, I mean, talk about being... Like the greatest humiliation you could ever imagine. Like here, you think everything is wonderful. It's like there were there were like three minutes where she actually felt like a loved, wonderful girl in this whole movie. Like the min, like from the dancing with Tommy giving her a little kiss here and there. Like when the camera was spinning around like a million well, miles people, per hour. People were clapping for her, and she was, and she finally felt like she belonged to something. And and you know, even at the dance, you know, people like. One girl was commenting like, "Oh, I love your dress. Where'd you get it? Oh, I, oh, I made, made it. it. Oh my god, I can't believe you made that." I mean, she actually interacted with these people in a way she had never interacted with yep. them. But no, no, the whole class decides to prove her mother freaking right. right I, they're I, all gonna laugh yep, at you. Yep, they're all gonna laugh right. at you. That's what I said too. Well, and, and I don't know about Matt, but maybe this has happened to you, Nancy, where you've experienced not this exact situation, but something similar in your school days where you had people being nice to you and ended up that they were just trying to fuck with you and trick you. And, and I don't know if that, that ever happened to you, but it happened to me. And so yet again, like watching this, it was very triggering. Like, yeah. I mean, I can, I, I feel her, I feel her rage. Let's just say like, yeah, when she I mean, is like, I'm done. And she's, she's just like, and she just lets go. And I can, I get it. It's, it's, like, it's really intense. And, and I don't know if this, this movie speaks to women in a way that it doesn't speak to men. Like, I don't know if you can feel, Matt can feel any of the rage that, like, Sherry and I can feel through this movie. Oh, I, I, I might not have been in the same shoes, but I understand. I mean. You guys get bullied, too, yeah. What sure. they, I mean, what she was going through was fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everything that she goes through in this movie, 
you know, from her mom to her to the kids at school to the principal who calls her Cassie the whole time. I know. I know. And, and even and even the teacher when she compliments Tommy on the poem, kind of is like. Yeah. Like, I can't believe Carrie has an opinion, and her opinion, oh my god, she calls his poem beautiful? What yeah. the hell? I mean... She's so she, dismissed. She's dismissed, disrespected, and, I mean, it's it's done so well in the movie to to illustrate that, you know, and, and the movie just, it never gets slow. Like, no. it's constant this whole time. The only time you ever see anyone that's kind of nice to her is Mrs. Collins, who even kind of doesn't understand. And then Sue mm-hmm. and Tommy. And then everyone else that you kind of see, like, maybe kind of be nice to her, it's it's all questionable. It's like, it's all just the circumstances yeah. they're being nice. But they don't still know anything about her. And nor does anyone care to try and know anything about her. And that's what a lot of bullying is, is they see... People who feel shitty about themselves decide, I want to feel bigger than someone else, so I'm going to, even though I don't know anything about them, I'm going to shit on them, and, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. And they already and have sucks. power because they're popular, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, you know, I, talking about Sissy Spacek, who I love, who is an amazing actress, I was reading when she was prepping for this role, and, and on set, she told all the other actors that, I, I really want to work with you guys. I'm excited to be here, but I want you to know that I'm going to avoid all of you so I can get into my character, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I don't, you know, we're not, I'm not going to like socialize and stuff like that. So don't take offense. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll hang out after, mm-hmm. which I think is really, um, is interesting. She, she's like intentionally isolated mm-hmm. herself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we, we talked about that in the stand by me episode, how, you know, or, uh, I think it was, Stand by, yes, yeah, stand by me episode. How Kiefer Sutherland didn't want to be around all the other boys because yeah. he knew they were supposed to be. He, he had to be mean he, to he them. He had to be mean to them and, yeah. and everything. So I mean, as a device, that is like it's such good. a great way as an actor. Um, she was twenty five when she filmed this. Oh so. my god, she looked sixteen though. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, oh, no, she, I mean, and because um, I mean, I think Coal Miner's daughter came out just a few years after. Yeah, just a little bit after. Just a little bit after. Yeah. I mean, and that she's obviously older. Anyway, I, mean, I like the, I like fucking sucks. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I understand. And I, I might not, you know, from a male point of view, I might not necessarily know the exact term. I mean, I don't. I mean, none of the guys I know had their period and got shit thrown <laughs> at them. And but just just from a standpoint of like how you just shouldn't be shitty to people. Yep. Yeah, you can replace <laughs> this, it with anything. You can replace well, it with anything. Right. Well, <laughs> and let's just say, like with modern times now, I mean. She had telekinesis where she where she was able to exact her her revenge. There's guns now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can exactly. replace you re, all well, you have to do for modern times and for like realistic scenarios is just replace her telekinesis with assault rifles. So you're, you're which bring, women don't usually use, but you're, yes, <laughs> you're bringing up, and you're bringing up an exact thought that I had when we were done watching this movie is. I was trying to think about the two movies that we were watching, and you have like this real badass kind of hero with uh, Ripley in Alien, and then you kind of have this badass hero in Carrie, and I thought, man, I really don't know if it's right to illustrate her as a hero in a sense that her way of kind of being the hero that everyone kind of cheers for 
and she just murdered her entire class. I'm not. I wouldn't say she's a hero. I just a part. I can empathize with her. You know, I don't think what she does is right, but I can empathize why so why she would get just so well. Why she's so messed up, and that and that's know? my point is yeah. that you can't really talk about what she does at the end of this movie as being right. You like it's hard to not be like rooting for her as she just just demolishes the prom and sets everything on fire. Mm-hmm. There's but a lot of innocent people, but in at there. the same time, it's like you. Don't want to. <laughs> we just don't want to. Uh, you don't want to glorify that. that yeah, you don't, you don't want to necessarily say that they had it coming because, you know, like we said, there's a lot of innocent people that were there. But at the same time, you understand why she did it. Right. Right. Exactly. And I don't want to. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the, how much you want to talk about the ending, but that part. I mean, that had to about. happen because. Like, when her mom, I mean, her mom tried to kill her. So it's like, yeah. that was self-defense. Yeah, I mean, but the actual ending part, like, I still don't understand how the house collapses in on itself. Well, because at that point, Carrie has already died. So what is making the house collapse? It's not her telekinesis. Maybe She's she dead. Was, maybe she was still dying. I don't know. The, the whole house collapsing on itself thing, I always thought was kind of but weird. But is she dead, though? Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> She's dead. P.S. How many times have I seen that movie? And I still jumped at the end part with her. Oh, hand. that part scared me. Oh my god, it still scares that, me. That, that part, <laughs> it's like, so great. So when I was when I was growing up in my bedroom, I had this like long panel of windows that were really skinny, and it had these curtains on them. And like open and close the window, you had to, like crank it open like an old like an old car door. Yes, you know, you had yes. that kind of crank. After I saw this movie for a long time, every time I'd have to like sh- stick my hand Ugh. underneath the curtain to like close the door. Like, I kept thinking, oh my god, is Carrie's yep. arm gonna come pop out? <laughs> no. Grab me. Like, that's how, like, that's how intense the idea of her arm emerging yeah. out from underneath it gave me scared chills. me so much. It gave so me chills much. when we watched it. It gave me chills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and of course, you know, she's having this, you know, poor Sue is having this dream, a nightmare. Oh, she's traumatized. But... Why don't we go ahead and favorite characters? Um, well, okay. or, unless you want to say something else. I had a couple things I wanted yeah, to ahead. point out. A couple random facts that I thought were kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of those too. One non-random fact: um, Nancy Allen, who plays Chrissy Hargensen, um, other than being totally bitchy, totally evil, and like the epitome of like, the worst bully that you could possibly find. Um, she's fucking hot in this movie. Yes. <laughs> she, is. she is. Hey, John DeVolta knows he had a heat wave movie. on. He's like, I'm sorry. I know. She is. I, she I is. brought it up before you did. <laughs> after this movie, she married the director, Brian De Palma. Oh. Oh, she's married to Brian did she De Palma. Ever, did she ever do anything else? Um, yeah, she's in RoboCop. She's in the RoboCop series. She plays uh, RoboCop's partner. Mm, never saw it. She has like shorter hair and um, little tough kind of cookie there. So you must like the scenes where she's under the thing and they keep focusing on her licking her lips before <laughs> she yanks the the pig's blood down. Sure. <laughs> um, in regards to the pig's blood, when they go to the pig farm to get the blood. Why are they using a sledgehammer? Yeah, what is going on there? I mean, no, that scene is so weird. A sledgehammer? I mean, can you get more brutal? I picture that what they actually use when filming this is like caro syrup. 
that's dyed red. Yeah, it's because it's, it had that thick, too. that yeah. thick consistency. Yeah. Speaking of caro syrup, before you do your next one, unless I'm going to steal it, you know the noise, the sound which you guys might find familiar when she's like moves her eyes and then something moves and she like you know throws it across the room. Uh-huh. It's the the quick violin. It is the psycho violin. It is the same. Oh, okay. Sound which is yeah. nice. so cool. The other thing, when when at the whole, like, Carrie snaps, blood poured on her, and she snaps, and she's looking around, and then all of a sudden, the telekinesis goes crazy. She has, like, these crazy bug eyes that never go away, mm-hmm. like, all the way until she gets into the bathtub at her house. Mm-hmm. She must have needed so many eye drops. Oh, probably. I mean, her <laughs> eyes were... It was like she never blinked. It was crazy. Yeah. The other... And the, you mentioned something also. Let's talk just a little bit about the scene. Like, blood pours on her. Mm-hmm. It goes... There's no music or anything. It's all quiet. There's just... And, and then all you hear is the bucket. Like, it mm-hmm. hits Tommy. Mm-hmm. You don't... He, he kind of, like, does an ow thing and falls over. And then you just hear the bucket kind mm-hmm. of... Kind of mm-hmm. swinging, and then PJ Soul's character, whose name I can't remember because it's not really important, um, she starts laughing, which I think is real. But then you start hearing other people laughing. But one of the cuts that they show is Mrs. Collins laughing, and I don't think that's real. It didn't I happen. Think what happens is is uh, PJ Soul's character is laughing. Maybe a couple of the other girls. But no one else is laughing. Yeah, no. I, I think mean, it's all in Carrie's yeah. head. Because of her mom. Cause, yeah. Because of her mom. Yeah. And then she, that's when she's Yeah. Snapped. I mean, they show that, like, kaleidoscope cam, and, yeah, she's And it's just, got the cuts of all the things that have been yeah, said to there's her. There's just no way. You can so trust sorry, me, Carrie. Cassie. You can trust me. I'm so sorry, there's Cassie. There's just I'm no. I'm so sorry, Cassie. There's no way. No. Um, and then when she, after her mom has stabbed her and she's crawling on the floor, and her mom's like chasing her with the knife and it's crazy with this craziness. Then Carrie starts using her powers to to stab her mom. Her mom has the most crazy orgasmic screams. It's like, oh! <laughs> As the knives are going in her, I was just like, what the hell is going on, Didn't Piper she, Lori? Wasn't one of the things that she got stabbed with, like a potato peeler? Yeah, a dude, potato that peeler. That was in her heart. Like a spatula, like a, like a, like a metal spatula. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, in regards to Piper Lori, after she did... Um, a movie in 1961. She actually retired mm. from acting. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby. After Rosemary's Baby, well, she, was, reti- she yeah later, she, a little later. She retired from act. Maybe it was Rosemary's Baby. I forget it. She retired from acting when Brian De- when Brian De Palma like when they to convince her to do this movie. They had to tell her it was a dark comedy, and to this day, she thinks it's a comedy. Hmm. Uh huh. She crazy. She crazy. I um, thought that. Well, she's so great in Twin Peaks. Uh, I thought that. Um, she thought it was up until they started filming, and then she realized it wasn't. You no, read, really? Huh? No. Interesting. That, I read that she. Interesting. She still like to this day. She still kind of thinks it's hmm. a dark comedy. Um, and then last, uh, one of the last things that I'm going to say is. Um, Two David Lynch connections in this. Yeah, yeah. Piper Laurie is in Twin Peaks. 
Oh, I know the other one is Sue's mom. No. Sue's mom is in a David Lynch something or other. You're right. Not Sue's mom. Yeah. I think Sue's it's mom. Sue, isn't it? Is it Sue's no, it's mom. not Sue. Is it Sue's mom? Yes. I looked I saw that. But that's not what I was gonna say. Okay, so there's three. The art director on this movie Carrie, who is also Sissy Spacek's husband, Jack Fisk, is one of David Lynch's oldest and best friends. Oh. So. Well, and what a lot of what I read too is that a lot of the this came out right before Eraserhead, right? The, a lot of the... Eraserhead took a long time to make, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of the shots where you can tell, like, he shot it in reverse and then played it back so that it was, like, a dreamlike quality. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, like, Lynch was very influ- inspired, inspired that by that, that him doing that. So you see that a lot in, like, in his stuff. So Nancy can't get away from it. David Lynch, <laughs> David Lynch is everywhere. He's coming. He's... he's, he's you want to like him. You really do. Anyway, that was the last thing I was going to say. Favorite character? She's only seen Lost Highway. Just give her some time. Just, just to watch Blue Velvet. I plan on watching Twin Peaks. And Twin day. Peaks, too. Miss um, Collins is my favorite character. She's great. I like her a lot. I, I would have said, younger Nancy would have said Sue was, her fa- was my favorite character. Yeah. But watching it now and seeing just how much she was part of the initial shower attack. I was like, nope, it's not going to be Sue. I don't care if Sue pawns off her boyfriend on Carrie. I don't care all these things that Sue does. Miss Collins will be my favorite character. I think that that scene with that whole scene in the at the beginning is so just there, there's it's blood so everywhere. Bizarre. There's it's, blood on like like in the scene like when they're in the principal's office and they do a cut to Miss Collins' yeah, shorts. It's like there's blood, blood all over her shorts. There's blue her. blood all over Sue's sweater. I'm like, oh my god, I do not remember this from other times I've watched this movie <laughs> or from yourself, your own experience. Oh when it first, it first happened to you, not me. God, jeez. Uh, when I think about that scene, you have to also remember like there's like. They're supposed to be teenagers. There's this whole like peer pressure aspect of it. And there's a lot of kids that we don't see in this movie that are not main characters. She probably You're not trying to mansplain period etiquette, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I'm trying just to trying just, to, I'm just trying want to make to, sure. I'm trying just to say <laughs> no. I'm just trying to say that sometimes kids do stupid shit without thinking. Of course. And sometimes they do it because the crowd is doing it. it very and then they, and okay, group think happens. Group think happens. Yeah. And they probably, and, yeah. and you can all almost, not that it's an excuse for the bad behavior. Get the pitchforks out. They all, you yeah. know, deserve to get detention for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, the book was written, you know, the book was written in 74, but it was set in 79, so it truly was a period piece. You're right. It was yeah. a period piece. <laughs> so, Sherry, who's your favorite character? It's Carrie. That was apparently, it was either Sherry or Carrie was going to be my name, but my parents decided on Sherry, so it almost could have been my name, too. Mm. Yeah. you think this movie had any influence on that? <laughs> I bet your dad, I bet your dad <laughs> saw it in the theater. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And he's like, like oh, man, if her- I have a daughter someday, I better make her watch this. <laughs> if we know. name her Carrie, I don't think so. she might be able to move things with her mind, which would have made cleaning a lot easier. I, it would have. No, but, um, I mean, she's, of course, a flawed character, but I, I, I like I like her the most. Other than John Travolta. 
<laughs> you got He's the worst. Me. <laughs> no, I'm He's kidding. The worst. And he just smacks her around like twice. It's like no big deal. Drinking his paps to like spilling it all over himself. I told you never to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Apparently awful. he was filming this movie on like his days off from Welcome Back, Cotter. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. A stolen character makes sense. Yeah. Who's your favorite character, Matt? Um, I really like Carrie. I I think that's like a clear, obvious answer for anyone who. Wa- I mean, you're watching a movie called yeah. Carrie. Um, I actually kind of like Tommy. Tommy sure, Tommy. He's very not, sweet, and he's not. I mean, he's, he's not perfect. He's he, but he's kind to her though. He has a good heart though. You can he, tell I he's mean, not like a yeah. I mean, and he does really. He's just a victim of all. This. He really does everything right. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 compliments her. He gives. He tries to make her experience at this prom, you know, a good experience, mm-hmm. so she's not traumatized by it. <laughs> Too late. It didn't. Yeah. He he did everything he was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, he do. had no idea they were going to do this. In yeah. fact, that's another great part of the scene. He's is like, the, the yeah the blood spills down and then he, you know, some some of it splashed on him too. But I mean, he's just beyond he's angry. He's, he's so oh, mad. Yeah. He's he's really upset. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like I think Tommy's a good character. I mean, yeah. I never would have picked Sue. I never would have. Really pick Sue to be a favorite. My favorite, Mrs. Collins, I think is is great, but there's something about her that it doesn't, you know. It, I think that she's a she's probably of the th- of the three people who are trying to help Carrie in this movie. I mean, it's basically you know you gotta like Miss Collins, mm-hmm. but you know. I'm I would love to know if anyone thinks that. Um... Mrs. White is the best character in this movie. I think that she's a great character. You wouldn't character. have a movie without a character. I yes. think she's a great yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to pick like a villain as a char- as a great character, oh my mm-hmm. god, she is so good in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, definitely deserving of, of an Oscar nomination and um, and definitely scary. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone growing up that had a mom as bad as yeah. as her. Yeah. Um I mean and maybe maybe it's not religion. Maybe it's like treat some shitty for other reasons. Sure, just like overly strict for no real reason. Overly or overly strict or a drug addict or whatever. I mean, there yeah. are fucked up moms out there. Sure. But um that put their kids in terrible situations. Um but this man, is purely but rel- man, religion-based. She is, is freaking scary, yeah. and and just and I think a lot of that also has to do with like you, Sherry. You went to a Catholic school or a, a Christian school, so you could you got to see this aspect of it. Where Nancy and I didn't really live in a religious household Mm-mm. at all. Didn't I didn't really necessarily know that live in a religious household, but my school was religious. right. But my but like I didn't some kids who lived in religious houses, but it was never as prevalent. Oppressive. Or, or I mean, it's definitely crazy extreme. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that we could, we would have experienced. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you would have had, you've, you would have probably been of the three of us, the one to see that in real life the most. Um, but man, Piper Glory just does a great job scaring the hell out of all of us in this movie. Yeah, my grandma no used doubt. to call them holy rollers. 
people like that. <laughs> yeah. Holy Roller. Do you want to do favorite mm-hmm. scenes? Uh, I'll start. Um, my favorite scene is probably... Okay, I'm going to pick two. My favorite, not really favorite, but funny favorite, is a scene when they are all in detention and they're all working out in the tiny shorts. Because... Um, it's funny. Because <laughs> it, it's funny and, and Chris is hot. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, At Bates High, another Hitchcock reference. There you go. Homage. And then... Um, but my actual favorite scene is... Um, I really like the scene right before she goes to the prom and she's throwing her mom on the bed. Yeah. That is like, that is just kind of that badass scene where it's like, if you didn't know, if you didn't read the book or know anything about this movie and knew how it was about to end, like you'd see that and be like, Oh man, she's telling her she's giving her mom the business now, (laughs) throwing her on the bed. And I just really like the interaction that she has with her mom at that point in that scene too. You know, she's like, fighting her to the point and her mom is just like you see this great acting from from her mom trying to convince her not to go and coming with all these excuses oh we'll pray together oh this will be so great and she's like i'm going yeah and just throws her on the bed mm. that's a great scene what about you sherry uh <clears throat> my favorite scene is the end when carrie comes home and her mom confronts her, but before she confronts her, she's hiding behind that fucking door, creepy as oh, yeah, all yeah, get out. Yes. That door scene. Is and, oh my god, she so, looks like a ghost almost. Yeah, she's got that. They lit long, her up really well. Mm-hmm. Well, and then like she turns. Yeah. If you're not paying attention, she turns on the bathroom light, and like she's right. so far over on the screen mm-hmm. where if you're watching her in the bathtub, if you're in the theater, you're not even seeing what they no. just showed you. No. It's great. So yeah. that's my favorite one. She's the mom's confronting her in that whole that whole thing. Um, I think it's really it's done very well. I want to give a little shout out to all the candles that were lit. Right, right. Scene. It reminds me of like any sex scene that ever happened in a TV show called Smallville. Like, they always have like five hundred candles, and you got to feel for the poor PAs that have to light them all. Um, and that was what I was thinking when I saw all these candles. And I'm like, oh, this is like Smallville. But my favorite scene is after the blood's been poured on her at the prom, and then she just loses it. That's my second favorite. Yeah. Torching everything at the prom. I mean, yeah, I always, you know what? It's funny is when we did the rewatch, it, it's felt like it went by really fast. I always imagined it taking like a lot longer. Like she did more stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I felt this. And I felt that actually, I felt that everything from when the blood was poured down on her to the very end, went much faster than I ever remember it. It seemed like there was... And maybe it was because when I was a kid, I probably watched on TV and there was commercials, so things got spaced out anyways. But still, I mean, it actually happens really quickly. I thought that the whole confrontation with her mom back at the house was a lot longer than it actually was. Mrs. Collins gets it, and then we start seeing toilet paper ads or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. It's all broken up. Or Tampax ads. (laughs) That would make more sense. But no, I mean, like once once she starts turning and using her powers, and then like coming off the stage, and oh god, it's that's that's the 
her walk off the stage mm-hmm. with the fire behind her. Yeah, it's and it's like not that she did, It's not that scene. she deliberately set fire. It's just it's that it just she happened. the um she had the the fire hose go off, yeah. and then that kind of just that lit some you know the the electricity kind yeah. of triggered it all, and it's just so heartbreaking how. Just that's what's great about this movie is just how she's starting to feel good about herself. She's better, and then it just all goes to shit. You're like, oh, this could have been prevented. Yeah, I mean, kids are assholes. Kids are assholes. Yeah, I think it's just very important in that way. I think it's just like a, it's really a commentary on it. You know, well, like I I said, you know, modern times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, just think about how how much. If you really think about it, it's so much easier to bully now with social cell media. phones, social media, cyberbullying. Yeah. I mean, I mean now, if, if, that, if the period scene in the shower were to happen today, everyone would have their phones out, oh videoing God. it, and like putting it on YouTube. I mean, that's how bad they... That's Ugh. how it would have been worse. That disgusts me. Yeah, so... Just the idea of that's horrible. Do you know how much Stephen King got paid for the rights to this, to his book? How much? 2500 bucks. And, and he the, doesn't regret it, because it was his first, like, you know, foray into film and, and, yeah. It was the first book that he had written. Mm-hmm. And he actually likes this movie more than his book. He thinks it was dramatized better, like, than, yeah... But Carrie was different. The person that he based Carrie on Mm -hmm. supposedly um, was had a different look to her. I think she was. It it wasn't. He didn't. He didn't picture Sissy Spacek playing this character, and then he saw her. I wonder if. I wonder if he pictured someone. I think more attractive. I think less attractive, like frumpy kind of looking, Mm. is what. What I, I I had read, but King, okay, she's know. yeah, she's a daywalker. She's great. <laughs> you know, it came out even even came out in November of seventy six too. Oh my god! Yeah, Carrie, the movie Carrie and I were born around the same time. <laughs> and when we were talking about Oscar nominations, you know what? Like ran that category. I, even though you know Piper and Sissy got nominated for supporting and best yeah. actress was Network. Like, it won, like, a ton oh. of Oscar, and, it, and Faye Dunaway beat out a sissy, I think, but anyway. Or maybe it was Piper, but... There's some intense stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I agree with both of you. I think we all kind of agree that um, this is a movie that might kind of be aged by the style and by the fact that it doesn't keep up with technology. The powder blue tuxedo. The powder blue tuxedo was pretty... With ruffles. Yeah, that was pretty... And his hair. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, 70s, it's great. I mean, it's popular, too, those looks, a lot of them right now, so... Yeah, that's not where I was going with this. Oh, man. <laughs> you were gonna You were going to talk about how the hazing that they did to the girls in Dazed and Confused was a lot like this bullshit. It was a lot like this. Oh, but, God. But at least in that one, they were like, hey, you got through it. Don't worry. Come and have, have drinks with us. <sighs> um, I just think, though, that from even even though it's it's kind of dated in, in certain ways, that you're both right. Like, this is a movie that kids today should watch just to be like don't fucking bully people because it's messed up 
but it also reminds me of <laughs> it also reminds me of Steve Buscemi's character in Billy Madison, <laughs> who in Billy Madison, Steve Buscemi plays a guy that when Billy Madison was in high school, he bullied. So he, Billy Madison starts feeling bad about bully, all the kids he bullied when he was younger. So he starts calling them on the phone and he, he gets a hold of Steve Buscemi. And he's like, hey man, I treated you pretty crappy in school and I just wanted to say I'm sorry. You know, it's not, it wasn't cool of me and I'm trying to be a better person. And Steve Buscemi's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, man. And then all of a sudden it cuts to Steve Buscemi and he grabs some lipstick turns and there's a list of people to kill on it on the wall. And one of them is Billy Madison. He crosses it off and then takes the lipstick and puts the lipstick on and just kind of sits back. Mm. And, but not like that's the same, but just the idea like you never know when there's a Steve Buscemi out there, you know, when you get older who might, you know, slash your tires someday or something. Yeah. So hey kids, don't yeah. worry. I think at that, any age, bullying at any age is oh not yeah. A good idea. I mean, even adults bully people. Yeah, you know it's it's ridiculous, but people want to feel you know it, it's easy to make someone feel shitty if you if you're you feel shitty about yourself. Whatever. The only not like we're trying to psychoanalyze bullies or anything, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it, it really it's pretty prominent in this movie. Yeah. The only other comment I want to make about both of these movies combined is that when, as soon as we were done watching Alien, I was asking them if PG&E would have cut off the power on the planet that they landed on because it was so windy that day. <laughs> <laughs> that made me we, laugh. We, we here in the uh, Northern California had recently experienced PG&E during blackouts, and it was stupid, and yeah. Because of the wind. Now, if you were let's let's do a, a quick comparison of these two movies. Um, who who would you think was the stronger female character, Ripley or or Carrie? Ripley. Oh, it's Ripley. And but it's not Carrie's fault necessarily. Plus, she's younger. But Carrie has superpowers. She does. But but she dies. There's different there's different definitions of strong, right? There are. Well, I mean, you could say that she. Ultimately overcame what her mother was doing to her. Yeah. And she overcame all the bullies. Yeah. I mean, so, I definitely think she's strong. I, mean, she I could just have think... mentally just thrown the alien away. I just, yeah. She could have. Yeah. She could have. But uh, I think that, like... Mental strength, though, for sure, I think. I think that like... Ripley is definitely a... I think if we're talking about, like, stronger, like, character as far as writing is concerned... Carrie is is a stronger character just because of the development of her character and uh, like how you follow her story. Whereas it didn't need to be Ripley; it could have been Dallas that was the hero. Well, and it's different too because that mo- Carrie is just so focused on her. I mean, it's, right. she's the it's the name of the movie. So, yeah. I mean, while Sigourney Weaver is the main character in Alien, she's not like you don't really know that right when it starts. No, you don't. You so, don't. You're right. You don't. You're right. You you're both right. You don't. It's not until people start getting knocked off by the alien. Yeah. Really and her having to remind Ash, excuse me, dude, I'm the HBIC here, okay? Yeah. I was the one who was <laughs> able to, I was the one who should have made the call if we let them in or not. That's right. Right. Well, and it's another thing, other than the, the chest burster, it's like, man, when you watch that movie in 79, it's like you weren't 
you know, nobody knew who she was. Like, you didn't think that she was going to be the lone one left, you know? It's it's very interesting. Um, I think we're about ready to wrap this up, but I just want to say that um, I think if they ever remade this movie, Mrs. Collins... They remade Carrie? Well, if they remade it in a... Right? If they remade a good version of this... Uh, Mrs. Collins could easily be played by Joan Cusack. Um, yeah. <laughs> she could. Do that. She I, could play her. She She's definitely um, a Mrs. Collins as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Anyway, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're into that. Um, Spotify. Go, Spotify. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us. You know, give us honest ratings, but... You know, five stars. Five stars. Leave us a review if you'd like. (laughs) You know, tell you know if you want to message us and say like, "Hey, I didn't like that," or maybe we'll get a poll going on whether you know what Carrie did was right or not, or whatever. (laughs) You know, you're not going to know that stuff unless you follow us. So um, we want to thank all you guys for listening. We want to thank Sherry for being a guest again. Thank you. Um, We always enjoy you and joining us. And um, this is Matthew. I'm Nancy. And we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. I told you never to call me that. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.